you know, we want to model mm-hmm. all the positive things. Yeah. But sometimes a little bit of authenticity means so much to them. Yeah. Like to hear a parent say, I'm sorry. Right. To hear a parent say, you know what? I don't feel like it either, but we're going to do it anyway. Right. We're going to do it because it's, we're gonna it's do it good for us. Yes. And it's something that we do. This is who we are. And because of who we say we are, this is something that we do. Welcome to Beyond Sunday, where it's still Easter. We're a podcast for parents like us striving to weave the Sunday and Easter experience into the everyday moments of our week. I'm your co-host, Nicole Joyce. And I'm your other co-host, Rocky McCormick. Take a deep breath, put on your walking shoes, and put away the to-do list for a few minutes. And join us as we talk, laugh, and sometimes cry about our experiences raising Catholic families and finding God in our everyday lives. Are we, are we going somewhere? We might be. <gasps> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah. April 26th is Pretzel Day. Woo, Pretzel Day. Oh, that always reminds me of The Office and Stanley and Michael and their obsession for pretzels, but also that we made pretzels from the recipe that can be found in 52 Sundays, and yes. it was delicious. I love pretzels. My kids are super fans of pretzels of every size and variety, every type of seasoning. Yeah, there's so many different lores about how the pretzel came about. So is it true that there is some religious significance to the pretzel or is that just like a story? I did find several sources saying that there are historians who genuinely believe that they were created by monks. Okay. um, Around 600, 610 AD. And they were in like France or Italy, somewhere like in that European area. Um, and they would use like the scraps of the dough that were left over after they made bread. Oh, and then they'd form them into strips and then make it look like a child's arms were folded in prayer. So yes, there is okay. there is some evidence that this was um, at some point some type had some religious symbolism in it. Okay. Not necessarily that it was like of religious significance. Sure. Yes. The monks make the coolest stuff. They Beer, make a lot of really cheese, good bread. Pretzels. Yes. Yes. Like I, mm-hmm. I'd go live in a monastery for the food. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm food motivated. I'd go live in the monastery for the quiet. Well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so do you dip your pretzels in anything or is it just straight pretzel oh, for you? Oh, I'm all about the totally not occurring in nature fake cheese. Yep. A hundred percent. Me too, actually. And I don't really like that on anything else. No, fake cheese. Oh, well, I also like it on nachos. Oh, fair. Nachos and pretzels. Stadium food, pretzels Mm. and cheese, nachos and cheese. I will eat those. It's like concession food. It's good concession food. Yes. Yes. So another benefit to pretzels Mm -hmm. over other concession food snacks. Yeah. Is that it's portable. Ooh. It's very easy to eat while you're walking. Oh, so good thing we put on some walking shoes. Yes. Yeah. Kind of like. We're really cheesy. But (laughs) Cheesy. (laughs) I see what you did there. Is this a dad podcast? I don't know. Who fed you that dad joke? I don't know. I'm sorry. (laughs) Forgive me. (laughs) But (laughs) it's a little preview into today's theme. Oh, yeah. What are we going to hear today on Sunday? Why are we talking about the road to Emmaus? Yes. I love the road to Emmaus. I do, too. There's so much in it. Me, too. My fave. And and it's a great gospel reading for while we're still in this Lenten season yeah. to remember Easter. that after Jesus rose, dude. it actually took a little while for that news to get out, right? Like people it did. were kind of hearing yeah. it, but it wasn't like you could tweet about it and then everybody knew it. <laughs> oh my gosh. It reminds me of the social media thing um, from years ago with Facebook, with Jesus had been on Facebook, like, and you were doing the whole like passion, death and resurrection of Jesus. And like, you'd have, you know, 
Jesus has one follower. Now he has two followers. And then then he starts losing followers. And yeah, yeah. Anyway, I digress. But I absolutely love the Road to Emmaus story so, so much. And I feel like it has something for all of us, right? There's little bits and pieces. There's so much goodness wrapped into this beautiful story. And I love, 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 this is my favorite part. I think that Jesus joins the disciples when they are walking in the wrong direction. (laughs) They're going completely the wrong way. It's not just like they were like, huh, what's going on? They were like, nope, we out. Mm -hmm. We're going to go home. And he's like, hey, guys, what's up? Yeah, right. And he begins by questioning them. Like, no lecture. He's not me as mom. Mm -hmm. He's like, hey, so where are you going? Yeah. What you doing? What you doing? (laughs) (laughs) You guys, we are a little. (laughs) A little bit. We should have had a snack. Easter joy. Easter joy. Easter joy. (laughs) I love it, too. I like the moment when they say our hearts were burning within us. Like, we knew. Didn't we know? Did we know? Like, they kind of are like. I knew. Did you know? I knew. Did you know? I totally knew. Totally. Um, And Jesus isn't, like, (laughs) reprimanding them about not recognizing him. He's not shaming them or giving Mm -hmm. them, you know, you should have known better. And I think as parents, we have the joy and challenge of walking with our kids on their faith journey in a very similar way to Jesus Mm -hmm. on the road to Emmaus. So I thought today we could talk about what it means to be willing to walk with our children. Yeah. Be patient with them, allow them to find their own way on their faith journeys. Yep. And I think too, like the beautiful example that Jesus sets there is that he's asking them about what they've experienced. He's not coming in to tell them they're wrong. Yes. Right. Like he wants to know what are they feeling? How are they processing what they've experienced? And then within that, he begins to break open the gospel story to be like, okay, but did you consider this? And so it's such a gentle calling forth to the point where they want to invite him to stay. Mm -hmm. Because I know sometimes when we're dealing with our children, when we're helping them to maybe see the truth of the matter as opposed to what they think is going on, it's a get out of my room and not not a, hey, let's have a meal or come hang out with me. Mm -hmm. And so how do we begin to have that same posture as Jesus does with our children when they are going absolutely the wrong way yeah and have like given up maybe a little too soon yeah maybe we're setting the bar a little high here be a parent the way jesus accompanied (laughs) oh i know i know and it's so hard like patience is such a struggle for me Mm -hmm. i you know and i think part of it is we live in this immediate gratification culture where like i just i've put in the input now i want the output that i have asked you to put out yeah so but that's the hard part of being a parent right because you need to balance the fact that we are called to educate our children, to raise mm-hmm. them in the faith. Like we, we commit to that when right. we get married, when we baptize them, we, we commit to raising them in the church. But we know that the older they get, yeah, the more their questions and their choices can become very complicated. Yeah. Um, and that's natural for, yeah. because, you know, their brains are doing all kinds of things. My 13-year-old likes to talk about his applesauce brain. Right. Um, and so I was actually talking recently with a parent who has a toddler. And um, he said uh, last week was the first time he lied to me like for sure like looked right at me and I knew what he was saying was a lie he said he didn't feel good and he didn't want to go to church Mm -hmm. and of course his poor dad like his instinct was to say we're going to church because I said so right you know like that's that's what you want to say well right because if I had been Jesus I'd come up behind those disciples being like my dudes you are going the wrong way yes over this way (laughs) turn around (laughs) yeah but instead he was able to kind of like step back have a little heart to heart you know on a three-year-old level um about you know why he didn't want to go the reason we do go even Mm -hmm. if we don't feel like it and so it became a moment where he was kind of inviting even at three right his son to say you know 
you know, are you, is it because you think it's boring? You know, like, wh- wh- why don't you want to go? And then for him to openly admit, because mm-hmm. he, he kind of felt bad about it, right? Like, he didn't want to admit that he, that he didn't want to go because it was boring. Oh, he, sure. Because he knew he was going to hurt his dad's feelings because he knows how much his dad, you know, values yeah. going to church. Sure. So if we've been raising them in this that long, then there's pressure on the kids too mm-hmm. to meet our expectations as oh, parents. Yeah. And so to kind of open up that discussion and allow him, even at three, to speak freely mm-hmm. about the way he was feeling and the doubts he was having and to invite him to think about how we can challenge that in a positive way. Right, because the temptation is always to be like, my house, my rules, in which, you know, when they're toddlers, that can work. But when you have older kids, that backfires really, really quickly. And yes. Again, developmentally appropriate, however, experientially very frustrating. Right. <laughs> right. And, and like we were saying in, a, yeah. in an earlier episode, you know, like we need to build that muscle. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we can't just say, oh, well, I'll, I'll stop saying my house, my rules when they get to be 10. No. No. You've, we, we've got to make that a practice from the beginning so that it's always innate. Our kids always know that if they don't agree with something, if they're struggling with something, that it, we're, number one, that it's safe to come and talk right. to us about it and that there's not going to be some type of horrible negative t- consequence. Right. Especially not a personal one where they're like, oh, and then my mom's going to hate me or my dad's going to be so mad at me. Um, And then that makes that conversation so much more natural the older they get because Mm -hmm. they don't feel like they can't come and tell us something. Well, I was going to say, I think, too, that's just the the wrong posture in terms of building the groundwork for a mature relationship with our children down the road. Yeah. And really, who who likes to respond because I told you so? Like... Who responds to that? Nobody likes nobody saying likes, it. We nobody just likes say saying it because it. it's easy. And because it doesn't, we're frustrated, right? And it doesn't work, right? No, and it then it works. Well, and then it comes back to bite you because they say it back to you. Yes, <laughs> right. The parrot back yes. is always super mm. fun. But I think the opportunity to grow in patience is always present as a parent, which is why I don't p- pray for those anymore. Um, <laughs> Jesus and I have some words where I pray for the actual <laughs> patience and not opportunities to grow in it. <laughs> Way to get honest. I know. Thank right? you for that yeah. tip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two things my friend told me never to pray for were patience and wisdom because you come by it honestly in a, in a very hard way. There's a lot of growing pains to get oh, yeah. those, right? Right. Oh, my gosh. Right. But also, like, I think that we forget that our kids are human. Like, just because they're little doesn't mean that they don't have real cares and worries and likes and dislikes. And so getting to know those can be beautiful Mm -hmm. first of all like to get to know the unique person that they are and you know what if I'm really honest there are days I don't want to go to mass either but I know Mm -hmm. that it will be good for me right like I know and I know that there is a commitment that I have made in this journey that Jesus is waiting and I will be there yeah that's really hard though because sometimes I'd rather sleep yeah because you know we want to model mm-hmm all the positive things. Yeah. But sometimes a little bit of authenticity means so much to them. Yeah. Like to hear a parent say, I'm sorry. Right. To hear a parent say, you know what? I don't feel like it either, but we're going to do it anyway. Right. We're going to do it because it's, we're gonna it's do it good for us. Yes. And it's something that we do. This is who we are. And because of who we say we are, this is something that we do mm-hmm. because we live our lives with integrity. But also then really getting to the root of why don't you want to go? We had a situation where you know, my oldest didn't want to go because she was hurting. Yeah. And she was angry. And to hear, you know what? You don't have to be happy with Jesus to go see Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, you can rage mass. <laughs> like, you go to mass and you can rage and you can yell at him 
in your heart, not out loud. <laughs> Let's not have that. Good tip. <laughs> Good tip, right? Keep it quiet. <laughs> but where else were you gonna are you gonna encounter Jesus? Right? Body, blood, soul, and divinity, like he is really present. Go tell him. Mm. Go tell him you're mad. He can take it. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like you're not going so that you go through the motions. But you can go and be your complete self. Or you know what? If you're just not that engaged, you can go and just sit in his presence. That works too. But when we dig deeper with our kids, we can see that sometimes their hesitance or sometimes their attitudes are rooted in some really deep struggles that they don't have the words to express without a little yes. bit of help. Yes. Yeah. They don't they don't right. have the vocabulary to talk about it in the same way. Right. And and even sometimes like the depth of of like theoretical you know, imagination mm-hmm. to be able to be like, you know, maybe I'm feeling this way because of something specific that happened to me. They're, they're not, oh, they don't connect the dots yeah, they're necessarily. Not that yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, even as adults, we have, have trouble with that a lot of yes. times, especially when those big emotions come up. But again, the beautiful example of Emmaus is that Jesus walked with them through all of it. Like at no point did he say, eh, wrong. Right. He was waiting for those yeah. dots to connect. Like, okay, we're going to okay. get there. I'm just going to keep telling you the story. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep telling you the story and we're going to spend this time together and you're going to see. Yes. You're going to, you're going to see it for yourself Mm -hmm. because we can't make someone see those things. No, their eyes have to be opened. Right. When they're ready. Yes. Right. And so like, I think the beautiful thing is that it's okay to wrestle. It's okay to wrestle with God and to walk with God, even in your doubts. Mm. And our doubts don't mean that he isn't with us. He is always with us. But that's so scary as your kids get older and start having questions. Mm-hmm. And and I think there's a tendency for some of us to take it personally, yeah. right? Like when when your kids don't want to go to mass or when your kids don't want to pray or, um, you know, God forbid one of them comes home as a teenager and is like, I don't believe in God. Oh, yeah. Or I, I don't believe that, that Jesus is there in the Eucharist. There's, there's sure. like this moment of sheer panic, panic right. and also like everything i have of, done has failed. Yes, total sense right? of failure. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. just like some some practical things that we've tried, some tips that we've received from other people around mm-hmm. us who've really um, lived this in real life. And this can really be for any age. Yeah. First is to know your child. Most kids, especially over the age of like six, are not likely to respond positively to you taking this authoritative approach and saying things <laughs> like, because I said so. Right. But you know your kids best. Mm-hmm. So know your children. And if you know that every time you've ever said that, your kid has just dug their heels in and refused the thing you asked them to do because you said so, right. that it's time to reevaluate how we do this, especially mm-hmm. when we're talking about our faith. Well, it takes a lot of humility. Faith, right. It's one thing to say, I'm still going to say it about coats, putting a coat right. on. It's one thing to say, I'm definitely going to say it about a seatbelt. You know? yeah. but, but when it comes to church, we might need to reevaluate right. how we have that conversation. Um, the second thing is to really try to keep your cool. Mm. Don't let your emotions. Why are, you, why are you looking at me when you say that, Nicole? <laughs> Rocky's why? feeling convicted. Um, judged, <laughs> judged, not convicted. Okay, I'm going to say this without making eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let your emotions overtake you, especially yeah. anger. Yeah. Um, remember that you are and will always be the first image of God that your children receive. So your goal is always to make that image one of love and compassion and kindness. And so even if they say something that's terribly shocking to you, do the absolute best you can to keep your cool and to and to be like the, the image of calm for yeah. just that minute. Well, and I think too that we have to remember, especially as they get into those adolescent years, remember developmentally appropriate, like 
that's part of their goal is to rattle us. Like part of it is to see, to test. Yeah, they're testing those boundaries, right? right? What reaction am I going to get? Do they really love me? Mm-hmm. Will they still love me? Or is this the thing that will break it? Yes. And and looking back at this dad with his toddler son, mm-hmm. that was a test, right? Like, right. And maybe that wasn't his, you know, intention originally. Maybe no. he was just trying to get out of church, right? Right. But but did he did he come away knowing, okay, well this isn't gonna work. Yeah. And when I do this, dad's gonna be willing to sit down with me and talk mm-hmm. about what's bugging me. Right. So that's the thing that he's gonna remember. Right. Not that dad got angry and said, Because I said so <laughs> and not because he was dragged kicking and screaming, right. but because his dad took the time to say, Hey bud, what's bothering you? Like mm-hmm. what don't you want to go? Let's talk about it. Right. And being willing to be open and honest, which was, that that's going to be changed, life-changing mm-hmm. for him. As a toddler, at three, he's, his whole right. image of how he's going to be able to approach his parents about yeah. things that he disagrees with has been changed. Well, and I think part of keeping our cool is to also have other options in our back pocket. Mm-hmm. Because I think part of, part of that natural inclination to go to anger or frustration is that we have to do this thing at this time in this way. Oh, yes. And so when it comes to church, maybe, okay, you go to a different mass. Like, know, know the mass schedules. Yes. So that was actually my next thought oh. is that we should definitely try to ask a few open-ended questions sure. so that we can figure out why they disagree or don't want to do mm-hmm. whatever it is. Because if we can kind of unearth what might be hanging out. Sure. In, in the recesses of yeah. their minds, I'm thinking especially of adolescents, but any yeah. age, um, then we can start thinking about what are the alternatives or what are our other ways that we could do this or approach it based on what they need. Because mm-hmm. it might be something that we just never even thought of. Right. Right. It might be that they are terribly sleep deprived. Do you guys know that like 70% of teenagers are sleep deprived? Yeah. So yeah, sometimes 8 a.m. mass right. is really hard. Right. And sometimes we need to be like, yeah, let's go at noon. Right. It'll be okay. Or some of them might have actual sensory issues and so depending on what kind of mass you go to it could be really uncomfortable physically for them Mm. yes yes so finding the one without incense right finding the one with quieter softer music yep sitting away from people instead of sitting all the way the front in the crowded area of the pews Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. all those things are so important Um, and then i would say trying to encourage them to think about people, things that are happening in their lives or inside their own brains mm-hmm. that might be influencing the way they're thinking and feeling about their faith. This, this is yeah. particularly true as our kids get a little bit bigger and they start hearing things at school right. or from friends um, and, and they start asking really big questions, mm-hmm. you know, things like, why did Jesus have to die? Right. You know, or why is Mary such a big deal? So that sometimes those questions come in the most random places and, and it might be because they heard something from somewhere. It might be because they read something or like some kid made, you know, voiced their own doubt yeah, at school. absolutely. In and religion I, class and said something right. like, I don't understand why that's such a big deal. <laughs> right, right. And especially as we get into some of those issues of morality and where the church stands on those and what we teach out of the, the truth and the goodness of God, there are going to be questions that come up. And we need to be able to be open and honest and have those conversations in a way that stand firm in the truth but allow them the opportunity to wrestle with it. Yes. And to recognize that there is, there are a lot of messages coming from the world. Yeah. And some of them are true. And some of them are very much yeah. not. So it, this is really yeah. like a beginning, a primer to discerning what's mm-hmm. true and what's good and what's beautiful in the right. world. Right. And being able to push all those other things out, which I know we've definitely talked about here, mm-hmm. but it's something that I talk with my kids about all the time. Yeah. I'm like, so this thing you've been watching or listening to or reading, like, is it true? Is it right. good? Is it beautiful? Well, and is I talk to my right, and I talk to my kids with the people that they hang around. 
to be like, are they affirming what is good? Mm. Are they kind? Yeah. Are they... Are they lifting you up? Right. Yeah. Right. Are they recognizing the beauty that is in you? Or are they always putting you down or making you question your worth? Mm. And is that the kind of influence that God would want in your life? Yes. Is that the voice of God? Or is that a detriment to your being? And you can be kind to people without always having to be friends with them. That's the other thing that they're learning as they get a little older, is that not everyone needs to be your best friend. Yeah. And, you know, that actually leads right into, like, kind of my almost last thought is don't be afraid to phone a friend. Like, you as the parent, don't be afraid to phone a friend. Because having other faithful adults in the lives of your kids, like their godparents Mm -hmm. or, like, friends from church um, or an aunt or an uncle, to be available for quality time and to answer some questions where maybe they aren't feeling comfortable talking to you about it um, is so important. And also for them to experience praying with someone who's not you yes. to experience different types of prayer, different styles of prayer, um, and to ask them to pray for your children too. It's so helpful to have a community of other people who can have conversations with your children in a way that you really never could well, because you're not them. <laughs> no, and we're not meant to be the only influence in our children's lives. You know, I think I sent you that little video by Jen Fulweiler. Mm-hmm. I was like, Nicole, this is what we've been talking <laughs> yes. about. Like the village is a real thing. Yeah. Like we are supposed to be in our extended families. And when now we're isolated from that, creating those extended families so that our children have the wealth of experience of other faith-filled people who can help them to discover who God is and who mm-hmm. they are in the light of God discovering new talents and gifts and ways they like to pray, you know, and it doesn't, again, have to look like how we pray. And that can really be a disconnect sometimes. Yes. And and seeing where God was working in different mm-hmm. lives, in different yeah. in different eras, you know, in different right. time periods and in different, different locations. And different personalities and yeah, yeah. all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that kind of the end vision is that your message is, you know, one of unconditional love that we never want to give the impression that we're only going to love them if they're Catholic. We're only going to love them if they do things the way we want them to. We're only going to love them if they believe everything exactly the way we think it should be said or worded the way we want it to be to be worded. We have to leave some space for them. And I know that sounds really scary, um, but it's so worth it for your children to know that your love is still unconditional, even when it comes to this. Absolutely. And I think for me, what that has required is this shift from looking at the performance and being worried that I'm going to be judged if my kids stray from the narrow path Mm. and looking at the long game, which is my mission in parenting them is to create in them a relationship with Jesus Christ that attains eternal life. Yes. We're definitely not saying just turn your back and let your kid walk away. That's not not at all. What we are saying, be willing to have some of those tough conversations Mm -hmm. and be open and be loving. Right. And invite that discussion. And maybe be a little bit St. Monica and find them a friend who is a Mm. holy friend, you know, Mm. and you know, you can be a little subversive. Mm -hmm. Subversive parenting isn't (laughs) terrible. As long as we have their best interests. Subversive parenting isn't terrible. It's not. But you know, not to manipulate, be. you know, it shouldn't be manipulative, but truly, you know, if it's, if it's something that you're struggling with talking to them on your own, to know who is out there and to know who would be a good influence and to be able to pray for and include those influences in their life. Yes. And, and to continue to pray that the Lord right. brings good friends to them, yeah. even, even in the future. And truly that is such an important prayer because that's where they're getting most of their validation. That is where they're getting most of their ideas. But also, don't underestimate how much 
they look to you, whether they admit it or not. I mean, studies have been done upon studies that show that parents are still the number one influence. Yes, you still have in a child's life. Mm -hmm. And so, if we are modeling that behavior, if we are humbling ourselves, growing in patience. I know this all sounds really, really fun. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) But, but truly, like, if we are modeling that unconditional love for them, yeah. And even when we lose our patience, and maybe even if we have that moment where we're trying to control them to be able to step back, take a moment and be like, hey, you know what? Yeah. I was wrong, but let's talk. To be able to do that, I think, is so critical for our children at any age. Yeah. At any age, whether they're in our homes, whether they're young adults, whether they're grown children. I know as an adult child how valuable it was to know that my mom was still there. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. I still say that kind of stuff to my kids now. They'll say something like, mom. And I'm, look, I'm in my 40s and I still call my mom for help. Right? (laughs) I still want her advice. I still want her guidance. Absolutely. Because she has come way farther in this life than I have. Mm -hmm. And that's valuable. That's that's Even if we don't agree. Yeah. And she's willing to walk this road with me and let me make some mistakes. Mm -hmm. But she's here if I want help. And she's never going to be like, well, you didn't do it my way. So sorry, you're out. I know, right? (laughs) But that's exactly it, right? Like, no matter when I fall and no matter when I fail, I knew, I knew I could always go home. Yes. I could always go home. I might get the raised eyebrow, (laughs) but I could always, always go home. And they need to know that, too, that Mm. as they're walking, that that invitation is always, always there for them. And Jesus is the perfect model of that, right? You can always come back to him. His arms are always open. And he's always going to reveal more of himself Mm. to us, always and always, if we just allow him to be with us yes and if your children are are far now mm. he's coming for them he's pursuing <laughs> them right like, like not in a bad scary way but he he's is coming for them. He, no he is he's pursuing he is. He, them absolutely. in his own time in their time right and just don't don't feel that all is lost you know right. don't be hopeless they have not been abandoned no they are never abandoned mm-hmm. yeah well that ended on a heavy note. I know, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. All right. A little bit. What are we uh, challenging our listeners yeah, to Yeah, so as an action item this week, first, let's pray for good weather because it's spring in Michigan and, well, who knows from hour to hour <laughs> and minute to minute what will be going on outside. But, you know, keep those walking shoes on and go on a walk with your children, maybe one-on-one, maybe all together, maybe a mixture of, of the two, but with no other agenda than to listen to what is on their hearts and minds. Just... Listen. And I want to add one warning to that. Oh. Do not start your invitation for the walk with, you're not in trouble. <laughs> because that instantly tells them that they are in trouble. <laughs> don't, don't be like, you want to go on a walk? You're not in trouble. Oh, my goodness. Don't do that. No. Don't our kids that. love going on walks one-on-one with us. That's something oh, that, that we do yeah, all the like, time. Really? Yeah. Really? Just me? Yeah. Yeah. They do. They really appreciate that time. Mm-hmm. I mean... They may say some crazy things on those walks or ask some absolutely outlandish, ridiculous questions, but it's never time wasted. Yeah. I, I actually try not to ask any questions myself. Oh, no, no. I just walk. Yeah. And then they just start talking. And then I might say, oh, yeah, what do you think about that? Right. Oh, right. How did, you know, how did that make you feel? I'm sorry mm-hmm. that happened. So just kind of like really practicing those yeah. active listening skills and yep. just leaving it completely wide open. And yes, some of the things that come out oh of their gosh, mouths. It's like ridiculous. Kind of ridiculous. Surprising. I'm like, what? <laughs> Keep walking. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I hope we get some nice weather that you can enjoy a yeah. nice walk with your children. Maybe maybe it's a mall walk if it's nasty outside. We don't know. 
It's got to be good at least one day this week, right? Let's try for it. Let's shoot for it. Yeah, we got this. Mm -hmm. So thanks, friends, for listening to Beyond Sunday. We really hope this journey through the Easter season continues to be filled with love, just like Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Mm. He's there with you in this journey right now. You can find more episodes at 52sundays.com slash podcast or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.